<laughs> he, he went down on the wrong side. He's like, man, oh. I went on my left side, but now I'm itchy on the right side. He's so got a bed right there. What's happening? Uh, the bed gets too warm. He like sits on the bed, then it gets too warm, oh, goes on the floor and back okay. and forth. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. My name is Mark Bylock, the author of The Whiskey Cabinet. I'm here today with... Jamie Johnson. And today we're going to talk about the uh, Booker's versus Knob Creek debate. And it's not really a debate. It's just... Um, it's a huge debate. It, Everybody's it, fighting about it. I'm just kidding. No, no. No. Uh, so the best... Um, in San Francisco every year, they do the World Spirit Awards. And oddly enough, Knob Creek won first place as best bourbon, best overall bourbon. Uh, and referring to Fred Minnick's article about this, it was a completely blind tasting. And the interesting thing was even Fred Minnick's like, Knob Creek's is, is okay. But, but as we said, and I feel it's funny, we said this on the first show too, Knob Creek is okay, but we, we like Knob Creek, but Booker's. I mean, if you're looking at Jim Beam portfolio, yeah, Booker's. Booker's is the drink to have. It wins. So how did this happen? How did, uh, how did Knob Creek beat out Booker's? So what we've done today is we, we're doing our own blind tasting. I'm terrified. I'm scared I'm going to pick Knob Creek. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's our actual concern. We're like, no, not Knob Creek. Um, and we're going to, we, we're doing it in two different types of glasses. I have a, I have a theory. I, my theory is that Knob Creek won because they were using the uh, neat glasses, the, which are different glasses. They have, uh, they come together at the center and they spout out uh, very heavily. We don't have neat glasses here today. We do have the Glencairn Canadian glasses, which are very similar, mm-hmm. not the same. So this is not a perfect test. But my theory is maybe, you know, the nose changes, the Knob Creek with this, with, with the wider glass, it just gives you a different response. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this is going to turn out. I temp, I, blind tastings for me are, they feel like a lot of pressure sometimes. Especially after we talked our, like, mouths off about how great Booker's is and how now shocked we are that Knob Creek won. It would be absolutely hilarious if we were like, no, this is definitely Booker's. And it was Knob Creek. I don't think it's going to happen. So we, we basically, we mix around the glasses. We have two different glass types. We have the Glencairn traditional glass, and then we have the Glencairn Canadian glass. And we don't know, we know that the first drink I have is the first drink that Jamie has is identical versus the second and so on. But we don't know which those drinks are. If you're really curious about the details, we have a little star underneath the drink uh, that's a different color, and we basically just moved them around randomly until it was too, we couldn't keep track of which glass was which anyway. Make sense? This is a very good way to do a blind tasting on your own. If you're at home and you're bored and you want to do a blind tasting, stickers on the bottom of the glass. So smart. Yeah, and I think if you're a, a beginner to whiskey or if you just if you have a lot of whiskey, like five or six different whiskeys at home, it's great to do even if you have like a bourbon and a Canadian whiskey and a single malt scotch. Even then, blind tastings have some value because, you know, they're easier to tell apart, but it'll give you, I find when I do blind tastings, my senses just are enriched. You're like really looking at that glass. And I think the other part is it takes me longer. I won't, I won't sip the drink as long. I'm going to, I'm going to nose it for far longer than I would if I, if I knew what the drink was. I think I know, I think I know what these are already, but I'll be curious to see. Yeah. I'm pretty much think I know which one the bookers is, which is unfortunate, but let's see if, um, now the whole idea here is even if we know, let That's, can we tell them apart in a different glass type, right? right. Yeah. I'd be surprised yeah. if I was wrong. Oh yeah. I'd be very surprised if I was wrong. All right, so um, we're not gonna do the reveal yet, but let's look at the next two. So the, we're gonna have so this is in the Glencairn Canadian glass. It's 
broader in the middle, uh, narrows towards the top, and then spouts out a little bit. Um, less so than the neat glass. The neat glass is definitely more dramatic. And the idea being there is in the narrow glass, you get a focus of flavors. Uh, and the aromas, you get a focus of aromas. With the when the glass spouts outwards, those lighter flavors should come through. Theoretically, the heavy flavors will be there, but the lighter flavors will will dissipate and we'll have some clearance and we'll be able to um, to get no, to get those. I definitely would uh, swirl the glass in those broader uh, glasses because you do want a little bit more activity there uh, because the, the, the top is so wide. I've never seen Mark swirl his whiskey before, ever. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, this a, first. is a moment. Now, the Canadian Glencairn glasses, I think, were designed for lighter whiskeys with lighter flavors is the whole idea. It's really interesting because the nose is very different from the in the Glencairn glass. Yeah, I, I actually right now. So before, I, I'm pretty sure I could tell which is which um, on the Glencairn glass. These I can't. I can't at all. It's so crazy. And, and these are potentially in different orders. So just because the first Glencairn one is not necessarily the same as the first uh, Canadian Glencairn. Now, interesting tasting it in the Canadian glass. You're getting less aroma, but you're more focused on, for me, it's more focused on flavor on the, right on the tongue. Yeah, I agree. Oh my God, it's so early to be drinking. Yeah, we should say it's, <laughs> it's well, it's almost 11 o'clock. It's almost lunchtime. <laughs> Jamie's been awake for a little while. It's all right. I've been awake for a little while. I got a text this morning at 8.30, 9 o'clock. Usually yeah. I text Jamie at 8 o'clock and I get a text back like, at 10. Like, oh, I'm I up. just woke up. <laughs> Now it's interesting because I'm I'm not actually sure which is which from these, I, I don't I don't know if I picked one out yet. Oh no, I picked one out. You I, picked one out. I did. Um. Yeah. All right, which so let's do first of all let's do your favorites. Which which ones are your favorites here? Um, uh, so the we, second one, so the one on the right. The one on the right from the Glencairn side. Yeah. Okay. Same, over on this side, the one on the right. I definitely like the one on the right on the with the wider glass. Yeah. But I don't know if that's Booker's. Now what are, are you no, saying? No, unless we got our <laughs> unless we mix ourselves up. We could have. Um but, so, but you like both the one on see, I like the one on the left in the Glencairn glass and the one on the right in the Canadian broader glass. But I think the both the ones on the left are Booker's is my gonna be my guess. You think both the ones on the left are going to be bookers? Yeah. Oh, man. Is this my nightmare coming true? It might be. It might be. I it's, it's, so this is, it's really hard to guess because they're very similar. They're the exact same recipe. They're the exact same mash bill. Um, they've been aged for almost the same amount of time. Uh, Knob Creek has been aged for nine years. Uh, bookers has been aged for, uh, for seven years. So bookers is a little bit younger, but it also has more alcohol. So... Um, you're really going for the one that gives you more heat, but my experience always has been Booker's because it's cast strength has so much flavor to it. Yeah. Um, the Knob Creek almost sometimes tastes a little sharper on, on the tongue, almost tastes a little sharper going based on memory. All right. I think, okay, for these two, I'm going to say that Knob Creek is on the left. Booker's is on the right. Oh no! What are we gonna do? All right, all right. This is good. I don't know. This I don't know. We'll see. This is good, I guess. This is awesome. And so um, I mean, unless we like screwed up with mixing them around, but we've got stars on the bottom, so we'll be able to figure this out. So we'll do the reveal in a second. So, um, so let's do. So Glen Karen glass. So yeah, team one here. Glen Karen glasses. Um, 
You're saying Booker's is on the right. I'm and saying I'm, Booker's is on the right. And which is your favorite? I guess Booker's. Yes. Okay. So I like the one on the left. And I think it's oh my Booker's. Oh, God. And then on the Canadian Glencairn glasses, we're saying again. I'm saying the exact same thing. You're saying the same thing. And I'm agreeing with. No, I'm saying you're, Booker's is on the right. You're saying right, Booker's is on the left. left. I'm saying I, Booker's is on the right. But I, lo- I'm tell- I, I like the drink on the right more. Hmm. So I guess I like the two drinks on the outside. I like the first position in group A and the second position in group B. I said I like the one on the right. In both cases. In both cases. So we do agree that the one agreement we have is that we like the one the on the right. Right in the neat glass, in the Canadian Glencairn glass. All right. So uh, oh, let's boy. do the reveal. So <gasps> the, the red star is Booker's. The red star is Booker's. Booker's. Okay. All right. All right. So glass number one, Booker's. I was red star. I was right. So mine was on the right. Oh, sorry. On the left. Oh, Damn I hate it. when I do this. <laughs> but we were both right. We were both right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God. No, actually, I got really worried there. And I was like, I know nothing about whiskey. I am the worst whiskey person in the world. <laughs> so we failed and we succeeded. So we're, we're laughing. Um, so we're laughing because uh, we tried mixing up the glasses in the same order. But we knew that was it the hard part. And so we thought, really, yeah. the whole idea is we thought we had the same drink on the left and right, but we didn't. We didn't. But we both picked out Booker's on the left as our favorite. Slightly clumsy. <laughs> was this was before drinking. We did the mixing up thing. Christ. Yeah, we haven't even been drinking. I just drank coffee this morning. There's no excuse for that. So no, <laughs> puke though. No, I'm so happy. <laughs> You're it's sweating like bullets. A, I was like, oh no, I know nothing. I'm wrong about everything. Everything I thought I knew about whiskey was wrong. Like, no, how could you? No. I quit. So yeah, there we go. We've got, so okay. we picked out Booker's and we picked out our favorite in Glen Glass. Okay. And while we star. disagreed, we were really agreeing the entire time because unbeknownst to us, we screwed it up. We screwed up the, the <laughs> logistically up the yes. drinks, which makes it an even more blinder t- taste hey, test. Hey, it worked out in the end. We figured out what we did wrong. Okay, so, so these ones. So these ones. So I think we also had a disagreement. I, th- I, I think the one on the left is is going to be Booker's, but let's have a look. All right, for me, then the one on the left is Booker's. I thought Booker's was on the right. Yeah. For me, it was too. Okay, okay. there we go. We've been agreeing so we the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> how do we mix up both i don't know like, how do i we have do that? no idea it's like i we... just have no clue what we did I, I think we might have started in the wrong position maybe when i was setting them up i, I mean, started in the wrong position there were a lot of glasses and like it was just it could have been confusing i mean okay so but i guess it shows that booker's was the one so what? what happened in San Francisco? Well, but I don't know. See, but this is this is what I now I'm, I'm kind of proving what I already said. So maybe I'm just have a lot of bias here. Um, but I, I do find the Booker's in the broader glass has a little bit more character and flavor coming through on the sip on the tongue, mm-hmm. not on the nose. On the nose, yeah. it's it's hard to tell. We couldn't tell them apart. It wasn't. Yeah. It it, it goes to show you that that narrow focus Glencairn glass does its job. Yes. It lets you pick out more dramatic notes. Um, so I guess because maybe the nose was removed mm. from the equation, just going based on taste alone, the Knob Creek actually, for me, was a little, little softer, a little more complicated. I got a little yep. more flavor out of it. And you should. It's, a nine year, it's been aged for nine yep. years. You should get a little bit more out of it. I actually got a lot of oak on it when I first had it in that Glencairn glass. And I, I enjoyed it. I like Knob Creek. Like I really do think it's an, a, a great bourbon. I, this 
like small batch nine year i would i would make a cocktail with that like i would keep it in my cabinet sort of always yeah like it's one of those ones where when you just want to go and have one that you could sip easily or put in a cocktail and not feel too bad about it you could just have knob creek in your whiskey cabinet all the time oh knob creek for manhattan's is great it's a little oh, yeah. expensive price point wise but it makes, yeah. because it's so um it's about 50 percent alcohol um it, it that flavor up. carries through yeah um i think the other disadvantage for like a very high proof uh like the bookers uh, it's just 63.65 percent alcohol um in a broader glass, um, just like in a rocks glass, you're gonna have a lot more activity with those molecules. So it's gonna, for me, it came out a little sharper. It was a little mm-hmm. sharper, stingier, um, little, not unpleasant. They're both excellent drinks. So it was, neither drink was unpleasant, but for that reason, um, maybe the Knob Creek won out for me by a little bit. Um, but it does, it does, glassware really makes a difference. We also poured um, just a standard rocks glass. So this is the Knob Creek. And let's just give this a taste. Um, sure. I don't have a lot of rocks glasses, so we couldn't do a mix and match of the same glass type. Because, glor- I know, rocks glasses. You make Manhattans all the time. I feel like you'd I have those like... little coupes. I love the oh, coupes. Oh, I love those too. Yeah, I, I, I continue to think um, rocks glasses are just going to give you a different experience. It tastes like a different drink. It does. Like, I didn't really... Yeah. You don't get a lot of flavor. Nope. You get a sweetness. It's uh, you get that yeah. woody sweetness, um, but you do not get a lot of flavor. I will be honest. I thought that you were like I thought I was skeptical about how much a difference glassware makes. Mm-hmm. But, like it can't be that different. It really is different. It's really different. So we had a bit of a debate. So we, we were a little tense early on because we liked different glasses. It turned out that we were tasting the same yeah. drink in a different position, and then. I think we learned that the Glencairn glass really just, especially nose-wise, we could, we could, before we had a taste Booker's, we were like, this is Booker's, this is Knob Creek. Right. And it wasn't because of the alcohol. It wasn't like, oh, this is stingy. This isn't. In fact, um, it's more Booker's has brought you so much more flavor. Absolutely. So Booker's is bottled at a significantly higher percentage, but that's not what made the difference. It was really just got more flavor, had more zest, had more, more notes to it, more interesting notes. And then in the Canadian... Glen Karen glass, the nose was kind of dead. Uh, it was really hard to tell. Well, yeah, like it, it literally in the Glen Karen glass burned my nostrils a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get that alcohol from it for me um, in that. But the it was way, way more difficult to tell. Like when I picked up the Glen Karen glasses, I knew right away which was which. Yeah. Because you just, there was that sort of, that nose was somewhere, like it's, uh, so powerful and then here we just didn't it wasn't yeah. at all i think so i think so, now we don't have the neat glasses that they had at the contest so we can't you know we're not commenting specifically on the neat glasses but these Glen, canadian Glen Karen glasses are similar ish um but i think overall it just you know when you go to a restaurant and you order your whiskey and you have it in a regular rocks glass great like that's fine like drinking whiskey straight is always enjoyable and you're in a public setting you're at a bar you're it's more the social aspect you just want to have a drink and enjoy something uh, something nice that you that you uh, take appreciation to. It's not going to taste the same as it does at home if you have a proper Glencairn glass. I think you know, there's a lot of articles of like things you need for your whiskey cabinet. Glencairn glass, just get one at least, get two. Um, Jamie's got a set of 70 now. Yes, yeah, so you can order them from me if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Thor, my dog, just whined. He's like, why are you guys still he talking did. about like, Glencairn glasses? Oh my gosh. I remember one of the first things Mark said to me about whiskey tasting was like, get 
some good glasses. Not the ones on your face, the ones in your whiskey cabinet. And that was a very smart piece of advice. Or go to a whiskey show. They'll give one to you for free. Oh, I've most of my Glencairn glasses are from whiskey shows. And then the, the, the thickness of the rim matters as well. Uh, and the wine drinkers will tell you that all the time. The idea behind the mo- most expensive wine glasses have a very, very thin rim. And you will break them immediately if you wash them. Yes, you do not dishwash safe. They're not dishwasher safe. I only buy dishwasher safe glassware. That's it. I'm, that's it. <laughs> if it doesn't go in the dishwasher, it's not in my house. Um, but the Ross glasses typically have a very thick rim. Great for Manhattans. Like great for old fashions. Great for your drink on ice, great for a lot of other things, um, but not necessarily great for drinking whiskey straight. Um, these Glencairn glasses, the Canadian Glencairn glasses, do have a very thin lid, which is great, which is why we're getting a bit more from it than we, we are from the other glass, the rocks glass. So if you go to a whiskey bar and they give it your whiskey to you in rocks glasses, they're not a real whiskey bar. Yeah, and they're expensive. Whiskey bars don't like, uh, but you know what? A lot of whiskey bars, if you ask them for Glencairn glass, they, they do have some. They, they almost always have some. Or even those uh, wine tulip shaped glasses are great. The little yeah, there's, wine. Yeah, the taster glasses are fine. I need, Absolutely. I think it was Tish that said at a um, Canadian club tasting, she's the ambassador for Canadian club, and she said, anything with a belly. Mm-hmm. Anything with a belly. Yeah. Um, you know, when I went to Buffalo Trace and they were, tasting whiskey for um for the blantons those are all in those little wine tasting glasses yeah. same idea nice belly thin out in the middle and there you've got yourself a good tasting glass i was gonna keep drinking i was gonna say we have some stag here i kind of <laughs> we're gonna pour some stag the only junior. difference between mark and i is that mark has to work and i don't <laughs> so yeah. pour away and like sometimes we record trent's gonna come home and you'll be sleeping He's so jealous. He's the like green-eyed monster. He's like, oh, you did a podcast today? What did you have? <laughs> but he's in advertising. It's not like he doesn't have a bottle of Woodford in his desk. Like, yeah. They drink all day there. That's so awesome. Isn't that crazy? Like they, Creative juices. Oh, my gosh. And we were, we, did you watch Mad Men? I'm a, I'm a couple of seasons behind. Oh, I, no, no. Yeah. I could not Hurry get by up. season <gasps> seven, was it? Only because it was so depressing. Which, oh, yeah. I hear you. And then, so, and I don't, I actually don't really like really sad, depressing. I don't it's, know. Maybe I was going through a life change at that point. I'm just like, this is just too depressing for me. And then I heard the ending and it's like the most depressing ending ever. And they're yes. like, and they have like articles about the most depressing scene ever. I'm like, this isn't really encouraging me to watch. Yeah, it is one of those shows where I find that I have to take a little break. So mm-hmm. it's actually good that they, they for the last two seasons, I think they've done it in like chunks mm-hmm. because you can get pretty blue watching it. You have this like overwhelming feeling of dread and you're like, what is going to happen? I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared for this. Um, but yeah. It's, but it's so interesting because speaking about Mad Men, going in, back into whiskey, um, Mad Men has created this insane, like we can credit Mad Men with probably the like re- the whiskey mm-hmm. sort of renaissance. Like it's Don Draper drinks Canadian Club. Yeah. Yeah. And he drinks Old Fashions. Yeah. And so, and they drink a lot on that show. Yes. And not as much as we're drinking right now, but they drink a lot. So I think it's really interesting because I never really ordered an old fashioned until Don Draper or, and I was like, what's this drink? 
That's interesting. That's yeah, really cool. I had Manhattans always. Like mm-hmm. my my one of my friends, you know, she was a big Manhattan fan, and she there's dogs moving around right now. It's okay. Um, and uh, she sort of introduced me to Manhattans as a cocktail. And then I saw Don Draper drinking old fashions and I was like, he's so cool, but he's not cool. He's a bad guy and we should never like, he's just not a good person to model yourself after, but his cocktail of choice is right on point as far as I'm concerned. So I think there's this whole thing that happened with Mad Men where we just like got into classic cocktails again. Yeah. That's gotta be a big part of it. Um, I always like, I wrote about, write about in my book, uh, TV decides so much how we drink alcohol and what we're introduced to and what we think is cool at the time. And Mad Men just went like, you drink whiskey in the office, you drink whiskey, uh, old fashions, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah 100%. Uh, it's a big part of the way we enjoy whiskey. It's like, hey, these, this is cool, this is interesting, that's what we, that's what we wanna do. And even, it's, it's, I went out with a, a bunch of people a couple weeks ago and um, they all sort of, remarked about how oh I don't drink whiskey or I don't and then they had a paper plane which is a another classic cocktail um or they were taking sips of my whiskey sour my bourbon sour and and they were like oh this is really interesting and I really like this yeah and I think maybe that's sort of the way to get into whiskey for some people is just starting with a whiskey cocktail Paper planes were. I think you introduced me to the paper plane. They're so good. I, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I had one before, but I usually go on this trip where I like I have a Manhattan and then I have something else and I have something else and the bartender right. pours me something else and eventually it's not like I'm drinking a twist on something and then this right. and that and I'm just like, what am I drinking now? What I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't I know. matter. There, there's a Kansas City uh, paper plane. Uh, it was a paper plane version in Kansas City that used something else and I thought it was delicious. Mm, it's like it's so good. Yeah, we should explain. I um I have a dog Thor. He normally sleeps during the day, but we have a visiting dog, Athena, and he's like, wow, my best friend is here. And he's walking around like, do you want to play? What about now? What about now? And he like comes up to her and then wags his tail ridiculously while staring at her. He's like, I'm excited you're here. Why aren't you playing with me? And meanwhile, I'm like, don't play because you're going to make noise. So if you hear noise in the background, it's the dogs. It's always the dogs. Let's just pretend it's always the dogs. (laughs) At least it's the dogs. In my apartment, it's construction. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's really bad. It's really bad. Oh, the stag is nice. The stag junior. Um, it's it's really nice. I um, huh. and it's very sweet. Like this is like considering this has been bottled at sixty six percent alcohol. Having it side by side, the Booker's, you would think oh, the uh, Booker's has a little bit more alcohol. Um, this is so ridiculously oaky. It's so easy to drink. Well, when you think about it, like if you aren't if you're not cutting anything I mean we probably talked about this a million times but if you're not cutting it with water this is something I learned from Dixon I feel like I want to be like Glenn like you and Glenn I want to talk about Dixon Deadman all the time (laughs) (laughs) in this podcast um but it's such a simple concept that it just made me like it it's one of those things is like of course if you bottle something at barrel proof without cutting it you just keep all those oils and all those flavors like just right in there and that's kind of what you want is like a whiskey drinker dixon uh is i guess owner of belmont Inn, or at least his family owns it and he does the whiskey tastings there 
I know, really great guy. Introduced, I was introduced to him through Jamie. Knows his stuff about whiskey, and his tastings were really, really great. Um, I really liked the, t the tasting he did with us. He brought us through uh, different versions of bourbon, um, and then the way he rose, raised it is, um, you know, you're tasting basically Merlot over and over again, different types of Merlot, which was good. Um, everything tastes a little different. You know, mm -hmm. we had Four Roses, uh, the 125th edition, uh, the Hirsch uh, 25th, uh, 25 year old rye, um, the Stag. Like it was just all the drinks, even though they were all American whiskey, uh, there were ryes and bourbons and really brought in a different level of flavor. A lot of them are very soft drinks, uh, a lot of soft drinks, which is why Stag just kind of, it didn't really stand up there uh, in that tasting, oddly enough, because I, I, maybe it was too much of a shock. Everything else was so soft on the palate, so delicate on the palate. You're getting used to these like very, as a Scotch drinker, you go in a different mode when you're drinking very delicate whiskeys. You're like, I'm a Scotch drinker now, very delicate. You're looking at all these different flavors. And what's popular right now is mind-blowing flavor-first whiskeys. Stag Jr., great example. Booker's great example of just they hit you with flavor right off the bat. And um, it was weird. Like Stag was kind of like this loud member to a very polite tea party. Everybody else was being polite and like, oh, how was the yacht? And then you had, and then you had Stag, and then you had the Stag 2014 come in there. Yeah, I wrote it on my Harley. What's going on, man? Uh, and it just blew away. It's just like, whoa, dude, come on. We're having a tea party here. I'm having my little crumpets. Is this crumpets? I don't know what they're called. Little yeah, sandwiches. crumpets. Crumpets, yeah. yeah I was having That's my okay. little crumpet with my little, with my mm. mint tea. I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. You're a little too aggressive for me here. So interesting. Again, like context is so important and we forget that sometimes mm -hmm. because no, we've noticed in tastings context, you know, we'll love a whiskey and then we'll go in and do a tasting and we'll be like, well, I hated that that time. Yeah. Why didn't that work? Or once Mark and I, we were doing a tasting and we drank a super insane IPA before we did the tasting and we both left saying, oh no, like we could barely taste anything. Which was unusual because normally I do a beer and then usually an IPA and yeah. then do a tasting and get tasting notes. And this one IPA, who knows what was in it? You know, maybe it was just over too much sugary, too much hops. Yeah, it, it wasn't the hops because it wasn't a very hoppy. You it was know a hoppy what? It's beer. An, it, was a, it was like an unfiltered IPA. Mm. And I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Thankfully, we had everything often enough where we knew the tasting notes already. But you're right. Often, I think it's best to give authentic tasting notes. You're tasting something. Every time, you're going to get something a little different. Um, and it's usually very common for me to have a beer before doing a tasting. Um, and, you know, I don't I, I think it works great. I, it's normal. And then this one time, yeah, we were just like. And then afterwards, yeah. it's fun. I go to Jamie like, I was getting nothing. It's yeah. the damn beer. No. And Jamie's like, nope, yeah. there's just you got nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Good beer, though. Yeah. <laughs> I say beer and whiskey go well together, but clearly it's 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 a it's a science. It's it's a bit of a craft. You yeah. can't just uh, you can't just go in there tasting any old IPA unfiltered with any old whiskey. I love that stag, man. I've seen that actually. There's some more left at the LCBO. Yeah, at the yeah. Queen's Key one, I think. Because it's eighty bucks or seventy bucks or something. I it's know. a lot of money. It's so good. Um, yeah. but so you didn't like that. Well, it's not that you didn't like the the George T. Stag, the Buffalo Trace antique stag. It was just that it didn't it didn't it didn't do what you thought it was gonna do mm -hmm. during that tasting. Yeah, it did not present itself well in that audience. It's that a, was an audience. Every whiskey's an audience. I rem it's true. Mm -hmm. I remember Dixon telling a tasting where he did he ended up by sort of accident pulling like three or four overproof 
bourbons mm-hmm. in a tasting for people that were maybe not so overproofy. Yeah. And he said people were like, <laughs> they were like tears. <laughs> they were like coughing and like their noses were running. <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> no, you know what though? It, it raises a great question. I We do tastings and okay, I was on, a, on, a, was on um, uh, Sirius uh, FM radio last yesterday and one of the co-hosts just hated whiskey and she just literally drank um, very sweet, sweet drinks. And I don't know how to deal with that. If somebody drinks... A whiskey and they're like i get burning and more burning yeah no caramel just burning and i started with like canadian club 100 percent rye very soft mm-hmm. drink overall and i don't i i feel like i can bridge a lot of gaps mm-hmm. and i felt like i was going there i'm like well have you tried manhattan's as a as a and they're like Manhattan's are too boozy like and which is why i like like live i think i've mentioned this before i like doing manhattan's as a start of a tasting because it's if you're not used to boozy drinks, it kind of it's it's an equalizer. It gets you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think I'm enhanced too boozy, I'm like I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. And you know, I mean, sometimes it's just you just don't like whiskey, which is fair. Right. I, we can't yeah. make an assumption everybody loves whiskey. Um, but I feel like there's got to be a trick. I was like, why don't you pour water in there? Nope. Still Didn't boozy. Work. Yeah. A lot of people have grown up in the era of like Mike's Hard Lemonade, which mm-hmm. I grew up in, which is the taste of alcohol is bad and therefore we do not drink things where we can taste the alcohol, like mask it, cover it up, like put Red Bull in it. And so I think, here I am sounding like a grouchy old man again. (laughs) I don't know if anything is going to change unless there's a huge massive like culture shift in like whiskey. I think there is, but Mm -hmm. I think some people are still very much I don't want to taste the alcohol. I, it, it has to taste like a soda or it has to taste like a popsicle, yeah. like a melted freezy, and then I'll drink it. Because for a long time, that's what we were told with like the, in, well, with our s'mores flavored vodka rant. <laughs> we know that that is something <laughs> that that people are drinking and that we were told was the way to drink it. I think there is a shift happening with like crazy like beers like mm-hmm. that unfiltered IPA that's super strong or whiskeys and things like that. But for a lot of people, the taste of booze is just never going to do it for them. Yeah. I don't even know how to get in there. Well, it's interesting. Uh, we, were, we were both at a tasting with uh, for Canadian Club um, and Tish, um, Tish Harkus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tish Harkus um, is great. I mean, if you ever have a chance to go to Windsor, go. meet Tish. Um, she does Canadian Club. The the building there is historical. This is like a place where Al Capone um, would deal with um, with Canadian Club when he was buying alcohol. You were uh, really great historical building. But when Tish does a tasting, she calls it. I think she calls it like zest. She she's does. Like, she calls it zest, not burn. She's like this. That's not burn. It's zest. <gasps> Mental association, right? Because yes. I was at a table with a couple that were whiskey drinkers and with, with, two, with two women that were not whiskey drinkers at all. And they were like, oh, yes, the zest. And they, they, they made a face. They were like, oh, zest. But again, zest. It right. made, made an association like, yes, this is zest. Um, I think that's um, it's an, interesting way of go- it's an interesting way of viewing it. Like, this is associated with something different. Because I think if you drink enough whiskey, you just don't ever feel that. 
Yeah, I think it sort of becomes a piece that you like enjoy maybe rather than that you sort of look for maybe. Mm-hmm. Like for me, drinking a barrel proof bourbon is a lot of the times about that like warmth that mm-hmm. comes from that burn or zest, whatever you want to call it. But turning it into positive instead of like burn, which is obviously negative. Yeah. You say, no, 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 that's part of the experience. You are you expect it. It's not an unpleasant thing. It's just something that is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it just takes time. It's an acquired taste, and that's the way I deal with it, it a lot of times. It's an acquired taste. Um, I know, you know, the first beer you had, you didn't like the first wine that's you right. had. Actually, champagne, everything. Nobody liked champagne the first time. Ugh. Like, Ugh, why am I supposed to like this? Even yeah. wine was. It's, it has a lot of sugar to it, but still you're like, oh, wine. Give me, like, whatever else. Um Give me like vodka and Coke. Give me a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yes. You know Ooh. what? I'm going to blame everything on Mike's Hard Lemonade. You should. You, you could get a hangover drinking one glass, one ball of Mike's oh Hard God. Lemonade on the, in the sun and that's, dehydrated. And oh, yes. You're, you're that's done. That's the one. Yeah. That's it for me. Like, that's the one I can't drink anymore. People talk about rye and Coke sometimes or like, I don't know, coconut rum. Mm-hmm. But for me, the worst like the first sick I ever got on booze was Mike's Hard Lemonade. So it's out of it. Someone was like, do you want this beautiful limoncello when I was in Italy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I do. And then I had it and I was like, oh, the lemon is just... Cello-y? I can't. It's very cello-y. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's a very loud lemon. It was a loud lemon. And it wasn't as gross as Mike's Hard Lemonade, but it was... it. It was, it was, it had the, it ha- it brought me back to the moment in my mm-hmm. high school career with the, it was enough lemon to just be like sick. Yeah. Everybody's got their first like sick. Yeah. And it's hard to go back. Some people, it's tequila, mm-hmm. which is disappointing because tequila can be so good. Oh, tequila suffers from the same thing that uh, American whiskey has suffered for decades until yes. like the last decade where you're like, oh, American whiskey, that's just the cheap stuff because you never tasted the good stuff. Tequila, like good tequila. Really, yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, we all know, we've all experienced the bad tequila on $2 tequila night in those little plastic cups. And you're like, damn, that's terrible. Oh, it's got alcohol in it and it's two bucks. And that's all I care about right now. Um, and then you go, you're, you, you, you get older. Right. And then you're like, whoa bottle of tequila for a hundred dollars yes what's this and then you sip it and it's like okay i'm not shooting this no 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 you don't want to shoot that uh i mean american whiskey has gone through that for decades right uh, yes for sure and and then and that's the reason why we can't get pappy and buffalo trace antique collection and (sighs) well taylor that's right that's right well, it's actually at the same tasting that we were at for canadian club i'm bouncing all over the place right now because i've had enough whiskey and I have nothing to eat yet, so I'm all right. Um, but the guy, like, I was sitting at this sort of booth with these people I didn't know. And the guy next to me was, like, shooting all of the the whiskey. Oh, no. And I was like, I get it. Like, it's Canadian Club. Like, like they're, okay, so they're basement stuff. They're, like, mm-hmm. rail stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have a thing with it and you wanted to shoot it, like that's fine. But like I'm, I have like a moral opposition to shooters in any sort of capacity. But 
I would find it acceptable. But he like he shot all four, four or five. It was four. Yeah, it was four. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's sad because you. There was actually some good flavor in the the. the I love that rye, mm-hmm. and that cherry cask one was delightful. It was really nice. For and he like missed it. Point. Yeah. He missed it. Yeah. He missed it all. He's like boom. Boom. Shoot. Done. Done. Boom. Done. And I was like, no, 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 no. Swirl. Taste. Enjoy. Taste. Enjoy. Maybe he like, didn't like the zest. I feel like we had the opposite experience where I had the experience of like somebody just like going, taking a sip, going like, oh, this is making the face. Like, oh, it's terrible. And then, and then having another sip going like, oh, it's terrible. By drink, yeah. drink number four, the face was still there. Yeah. Not as, not as dramatic, but still there. It's still there. I, there was a couple of people that came to one of my tastings. The one I did at Portland Variety and was actually all Jim Beam. So it was Knob Creek, Bakers, and Bookers. Mm-hmm. And they had never drank whiskey before. Oh, no. That's not a good, that's not a good flight to do for somebody who's a novice whiskey drinker. They also were coughing and crying. And it was afterwards, like, I was like, that was probably not the best idea and actually the the two people that came up to me afterwards and were like oh it's it was so much fun it was a bit intense but like it was fun i was like i'm so sorry i should not have done those overproof like if it was a bunch of people that i knew had been to like bourbon club before and they had had these whiskeys then fine yeah but if you're a newbie they might hurt a little bit yeah, the uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one to do for newbies. Yeah, because Booker's is a tough drink. It is. There was a lot. It was like it was like a cacophony of coughs. It's like you know, I don't know what the comparison is. It's like any sort of video game or whatever else. It's like, or you know what? Even a better, if you pick up an t- excellent TV show by season f- two or three, like Mad Men. Like Mad Men, you didn't watch season one. It'd be like, whoa, this is really intense. Dogs are grooming right now. Oh, this is going to take a while. This is, you know, when you get like a train and you, you have to just stop and the train comes by. This is what we're dealing with right now. You have to right wait now. for the train to pass. Yeah, this is what's going on. Or like on if right you're now. on a cell phone and it's like there's like an ambulance that goes by and you're like, hold on. You know, I really thought was interesting that so many Canadian whiskeys are made with like corn that are like majority corn. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian whiskey, um, a lot of the times it's made with the cheapest grain possible. And then they really proof it very high. Hmm. So like 95% proof. So there's very little grain flavor. And then they add flavoring, which is typically lower proof pot stilled rye or corn, depending on what flavor profile they want to go for. Um, Very interesting. Very odd and interesting. Well, I mean, we talked. So last week, uh, Glenn and I talked about how I went to Kentucky and I brought back one bourbon and then one whiskey from Taiwan. And so that, that whiskey from Taiwan is the King Car whiskey, which has been relabeled as Cavalan. The one particular Cavalan won the award for being best whiskey by Whiskey Advocate, da 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 But it's a hot climate whiskey. So this is a whiskey that's been aged probably no more than three years. It's got a um, high evaporation point. It's been bottled at, 50, at 46% alcohol. Um, and it's uh, 100% malted barley. And yeah, hmm. that's about all we know. And you bought this in Kentucky. I did. Hmm. Because we can't get it here. No, it's very smart. But, yeah, that was... But you're, like, a scotch guy. 
So this makes sense for you. So I, I still haven't figured this whiskey out. I've had it for about a, I've had it for a week. Um, I have not figured it out yet. Which, Do you not love it yet? I don't. It's a different style of whiskey, right? So if you look at like an Indian whiskey, is just such a hot climate whiskey. It's so oaky. You're just like okay, but it's not bourbon, right. and and it's a different category of whiskey. So this is a different category of whiskey. Um, I have a hard time. Uh, picking like a bourbon over a scotch or vice versa because they're completely different drinks for me dogs sneeze everybody <laughs> they, they do sneeze <laughs> so oh, dogs <laughs> we should do the podcast every week at your house it's way more fun than mine <laughs> <laughs> we have dogs distracting yeah, us there's dogs here there's more whiskey it's like it's pretty fun now, unlike Indian whiskey, I actually get a bit of barley on the note. Like, I actually get a little bit yeah, on the nose. I get a lot of barley, too. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a different style of whiskey. The flavors are different. Um, I don't know if it's the right combination of, of like, style and grain and wood and aging. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the structure is a little flat. Mm-hmm. Great. That's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, it is a little flat. This, it doesn't have that high note you're looking for in any whiskey. So right. bourbon's typically very front. Yeah. Scotch is middle or end. Um, this has um, it has a, like a long finish, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but doesn't quite. I don't know. It doesn't know. get where you want it to be. Like you want it to be somewhere, and it doesn't quite make it. It, it's when almost think of, a little bit more alcohol than needed, or maybe a little younger. And you, it, maybe if it was a little younger with higher alcohol content, it would have a little more character. Right, right. Um, but Taiwan's an interesting, interesting country for whiskey because their uh, women in Taiwan are drinking more whiskey than men. Uh, it's good for them. Absolutely, it's like the only country in the world where that's the case. Is this going to be the new thing? Because there's so much up and coming whiskey, where, like bourbon is very hot right now but it's sort of like this thing happens where it's like bourbon is so exciting and Mm -hmm. amazing and then it's gonna do its thing where it sort of peters out a little bit and people maybe are feeling rye a little bit right now Mm -hmm. and i think rye and is really sort of like coming into its own again and so but then there's also like japanese whiskey and Indian whiskey and now Taiwan. Yeah. Are we gonna like? Is this the next thing? Should we buy a million bottles? It's interesting. I um. It seems to be Jim Murray will decide the next trend because um, there's enough focus on whiskey right now. Where, for example, uh, two or three years ago, Jim Murray rated Indian whiskey very highly, and it did really Which well. One? Do you uh, Amaret Fusion. Okay. Uh, and it did really well for Amaret Fusion. It uh, like really great among whiskey enthusiasts, but it did not get the same level of attention that Japanese whiskey got this year. Mm. So it's interesting to see. Like, I do feel like even though Whiskey Advocate rated rated this uh, Taiwanese whiskey as the best in the world, Mm -hmm. they don't quite have the pull that Jim Murray has. So Jim Murray is the kingmaker in this whiskey world. He is the guy that will decide the next trend, which a lot of whiskey enthusiasts hate, um, which is, you know, because you go... um, one guy, one tasting versus, you know, 10, 20, 30 people tasting products, right? So which should one palate decide or should a group of palates decide it? Um, but either which way, it doesn't matter. Um, Jim Murray is definitely the, 
the kingmaker right now. And so it really depends. We're going to have to wait until like November of next year, October, November, to see how he rates the Cavalan whiskeys next to um, other great whiskeys coming from India as well. So it's not just Amrut. There's other distilleries in India that are doing a great job. Um, scotch. And then bourbon has been interesting because bourbon's always been in his like two, second, third, fourth spot. Bourbon has been rating very well for the last, last three or four years. We'll see. So funny. Somebody messaged me today and she was like, I really like scotch and I'm going to the homeland. And I was like, oh, that's so exciting. What distilleries are you going to visit? And she's like, Jameson. And I was like, well, you're not wrong about the homeland, I guess. But I, and, and it's so funny because I was doing this like tasting for St. Patty's Day. And I said, Irish people like were the inventors, like, well, were the first yeah. to like make whiskey. And there was like a dude in the back who was like, no. And I was like, you must be Scottish. <laughs> you must be from, your ancestors are from Scotland. And he just would not accept the fact that like, really? the Irish, he was just like, no. And I was like, but history. And he's like, nope. And I was like, okay, maybe the Scots improved on, and he's like, no, we were the first. And I was like, I think you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> no, he's wrong because whiskey is distilled grain. Ireland was the first people to distill grain. Yes. That's it. That's it. Now, the whiskey we're drinking today, Irish whiskey is way more influenced by Scotch whiskey. But whiskey as a definition of what it is today, 100% in Ireland of having a heckler in the crowd. There was a heckler. It was a it was a whiskey heckler. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. So thank you guys for listening today. Uh, my name is Mark Bylock. I am here with Jamie, and we are. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at m a r k b y l o k, and you can find me at Bourbon Thing. If you don't know how to spell it, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but please do give us feedback on the show as well. And do do rate us on iTunes because apparently that's important. We actually have not had a rating on iTunes but yet. But don't rate us terribly. Rate us great. No, no. We should get a terrible rating because that would be like, you guys suck. Aww, You're like, I would cry. No, we're going to get like a one-star rating. <laughs> Whiskey's from Scotland. No, the guy that your heckler is listening to the show is going to be like, no, one-star rating. Scotland was the first. Scotland was the first. That's it. So please, please do help us out. Um, I really appreciate your support, guys. Thank you so much. Thank and we'll you. be back next week.